0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Dress of a Watch podcast
1: Hi, Hassan. Hey, how are you? Very good. How are you? I'm well. I'm very well. Very good How's everything in Austria.
0: Very good. Um, I guess I have the same situation as you have. Um, are you spending you locked my time at home? at home? Yeah, I'm locked at home.
1: Ah, <laughs> having so to stay home thing. all day. <laughs> same thing here. I can't. Uh, can't leave home. Actually. Yeah, I think okay. we'll have to deal with it for a while longer, but it's okay. I feel yeah, like it's fine. fine. It's uh, probably a few more weeks, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. And
0: yeah, we're two. opening. We're opening next week, or yeah, next week to try to come back to normal. But okay, um, we're still advised to stay indoors as much as possible. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I think it's the same thing here. Yeah, we'll maintain social distancing for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm yeah. very happy um, to have you here today. So it's it's, it's really cool, um, and um, I, I'm really excited to hear your story and your your watch, how you got into the business and everything. So, so yeah, um, yeah you're free to go. Please introduce yourself and and let me
1: know how how did you get <laughs> into watches. <laughs> Okay, that's a long story. <laughs> uh, so I'm, uh, well, my name is Hassan, and I started the Arab Watch Guide page in around 2014. But before that, I used to collect watches ever since I was a kid. So it was a passion that I had a really long time ago, something that I used to love. Um, and then it kind of got more developed with, uh, with the growth of social media and, you know, the blogs and uh, all that type of uh, communication. Um, it got kind of more accentuated um, and this is where I decided, let's open a new page and kind of share that passion with other people and maybe learn more about it. Um, to be honest, when I first started um, the page, I never thought that I would get into the media world and like the watch journalism and all that. I just thought I'll just, you know, share my my passion, my pictures, my watches, my collection and I'll get to know people. That's it. Um, but I don't know how like one thing led to the other yeah. and I found myself, you know, attending Basel and then SIHH uh, and then brands started like inviting me to their media, specific press talks, you know, um, and I found it interesting because you always know first and you always have information more than others. So I, it kind of helped me also develop the platform. So the more I knew, the more I could share on my page. Um, So that's how it evolved, you know, It kind of uh, just kept growing bit by bit. Um, And also my collecting pattern kind of started changing as well with time. So the more I got introduced to brands and the more I knew about them, I kind of shifted towards things that I didn't know before or I didn't consider before. Um, And now just it's like uh, my daily routine. I can't uh, survive without it. Yeah I can
0: imagine it's a, it's a pretty inspiring passion actually and it drives in um and has so much history and and so um I think it's very exciting it's every day you learn something new even though if you know a lot of brands you can dig deeper and then you
1: find out more about the vintage pieces and yeah. and more history so that's that's what that's I the, find cool that's the the beauty of this industry to be honest you can't say you know everything you will never yeah. know everything you learn as you said, I learned things about the future or things about the past as well. You I mean, always discover models you've never seen. Can you see me or is the post?
0: Yeah, I still hear you. Um, it's just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a similar problem last week, so.
1: Let me, uh, let me get up let's see if you... i didn't for a second i think yeah ah okay it's fine you can see me now Nice no, better yeah. yeah okay good yeah it's, it's, so, it's, um, it, it takes some time but it's better now yeah yeah so as i was saying like for example every time somebody shares um one of their past watches their parents watches and you look at it and you're like whoa i never knew this ever existed you know and you think that you've you've seen it all but you actually haven't um so it's yeah. nice. It's always you're always exploring new things. You're always exploring additions that happened before, um, uh, projects that have been done without you knowing. Special, uh, you know, special collaborations. It's quite it's quite an exciting passion to to share with people as well. And it's yeah. worldwide. You know, that's the beauty of it. It's you just talk to people from all over the world. It's not like regional or exactly. region specific. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's
0: that's that's truly uh, cool. And and all, um, I travel a lot, or I used to travel a lot now nowadays not, but it's always cool to meet new people and to to have them tell their story. So it it doesn't matter where you go, um, you always find someone who's passionate um, about watches, and then you hear these exciting stories again. So
1: that's that's a real beauty. Yeah. Yeah, the network you create is quite interesting because you also meet people from all over. Like different sectors different backgrounds you know uh, lawyers doctors uh, anything developers and they all have this type of passion fa- uh, and they they use it in a different way you know and they either each one of them has a certain taste you have another taste and you kind of share that you argue uh, you know you always have these conversations oh patek versus Vachon. no it's ap no it's rolex is the best you know these type of conversations yeah. that never end Yeah, true. But it's it's fun as well. It's it's an interesting debate that you get all the time. That's that's true. That's absolutely true. And.
0: Uh, Sorry. I'm sorry. I I just got a call um, because I called my grandmother earlier today and wanting to wish her a happy Easter and everything. And now she was calling me back. Oh, yeah. Happy Easter. I'm sorry. as well. Happy Easter to you. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: Um, I I was
0: wanting to know, do you still remember your first real watch?
1: Yeah, of course. It was a Breitling Chronomat. Okay. Uh, And I got it. It's been maybe 15 years now. Wow. It was the first real, I would consider it real watch <clears throat> a watch that made sense in the collection. I still have it with me. I don't wear it as much, uh, but I still have it in my box. and You know, it's, it's there, uh, preserved, uh, it has good memories. Uh, it was uh, the beginning of that path uh, into, into the world of watches. Very cool, very cool.
0: And uh, which, one, which one is the one you wear the most
1: out of your collection? To be honest, I I switch a lot. Yeah, I really I, I wear I watch every day. I try to <laughs> I like to change, so they all get wrist time. Um, to be honest, lately I'm wearing a lot my Grand Seiko, uh, the uh, GMT, the limited edition, the the mm-hmm. anniversary piece. Uh, it feels great on the wrist, and I just I love it. So I I keep wearing it over and over. I like I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. And to be honest, oh, even the brand Grand Seiko as a brand, I started. Um, getting the love to it two years ago. It's fairly new to me. I haven't been a Grand Seiko fan forever, uh, but once I dug deeper into the brand, uh, you know, the manufacturing, and the way they work and the type of models, the more I, I fell in love with it. And I just now it's like, okay, what's next? What? What? Where are they going to release? <laughs> it's it's cool. It's
0: cool. I, I admire them. I really I I, I love Seiko. Um, I love what they do with their dials. And I've just recently been introduced to Grand Seiko. I always knew the brand, but I haven't really had any connection with it. And yeah. it, it it's really cool to see what what they can create. So so it's also yeah, a very cool brand.
1: I feel it's. Uh, I mean, it's a shame. I was supposed to go actually to Japan with Grand Seiko in, in March. Oh, cool! Uh, before I mean the Corona problems. Yeah. And everything got canceled, but I was very excited because I was supposed to visit their manufacturer and also get the releases. You know, it was nice. Uh, I've been looking forward for that for months. We were talking yeah, about it since nice. December. Uh, it just didn't happen, unfortunately. Hopefully, you know, sometimes maybe end of year. I don't know. Yeah. When things calm down, we can get back into that. <laughs> yeah, hope so. Too. It's on my list. It's really it's one of those manufacturers that are on my list. Uh, that I would really love to visit um, even if I could do a collaboration with them it's something yeah. I would love to do um, yeah that's
0: that's also something I w- I would like to talk to you about because I know you you you're the you're found fa- you founded the, the Arab Watch Club right yeah and um you you did a lot of cool special editions so True. H- how did that go about how did the founding of the club and then coming to being able to do special
1: editions how did that work out so the club was uh, established a year after i opened arab watch Guide, and it was an idea i had in my mind for a while i just needed to find the right group of people that kind of could uh, interact with each other and have the same mindsets so it was more about finding first let's say the first 10 or 15 guys uh, to start their club so it took me a year you know, I started getting to know people through Instagram, through friends. And then I, I decided, I send them. A, I remember I sent them a WhatsApp message to each one of them. And I was like, guys, look, uh, you know, we've known each other for a while. And I'm thinking about doing this club where we kind of can share our passion, but also maybe grow, do more things for us, specific ones. Um, and at that time, I don't think there were too many clubs around. I think the ones that were more prevalent were like the Red Bar Crew in the U.S. Yeah. and then all over um and i said okay maybe in the middle east we should do something also for us you know and that's and because the guys that i met were from all over the the, the region so i live in dubai but it's not just dubai it's bahrain kuwait everywhere in the arab region and that was cool. the purpose of it yeah um and we started that we started that group and then we started growing organically through recommendations meeting other people you know we didn't want to grow very fast we just wanted to grow in an organic way where we all know each other and we kind of have fun as well. Um, And also one thing I always wanted, I I always wanted to kind of collaborate with brands on specific models and create kind of my own touch into it. Uh, I have a little bit of say, not just uh, limited editions that are proposed by them, but limited editions that I could share with them uh, that could be more personalized or have more meaning. Um, and that's where I I mean the first brand I officially let's say I would call it the club edition was Arnold & Son Mm -hmm. Um, and it happened, that project happened in coincidence because um, I was in SIHH with another brand called Mm Deluso Paul, the owner, the CEO is American and uh, he established this concept which he called Deluso Box which is like a a box, a luxury box where you can customize this specific watch, but then everything around it in terms of like accessories, pocket squares, uh, cufflinks, pans, you know, cool. it kind of becomes a gift box yeah. for the collector. Cool. Um, and he had a very good relationship with Arnold and son at that time. Um, and I liked the HM Perpetual Moon as a model. Um, and that's where we started the conversation. Uh, we went to we said, okay, this is what we want to do. I really wanted to do my first salmon dial in a guilloche. Um, and it was something on my mind and I kind of like, uh, I was uh, I was trying to figure out a way how to do it. When we proposed those uh, ideas to Arnold and son, they said, yeah, we can do this. We can do the guillochage, we can do the blue moon, we can play around. Uh, we can even uh, engrave at the case back whatever you want. So I was like, okay, this, guy, this is quite interesting. Um, and I proposed that project back to the guys. I showed them some renderings, they liked it. So we went ahead. Um, and ever since, whenever we find a brand or a model that we like, I just approach the brands uh, directly or through their retailers. If they don't, uh, if they have a retailer, I use the retailers. If they don't, I go directly to them um, and I propose the project. And if they say yes, yes. If they say it's, you know, we've, we've had a few rejections. They are, well, they tell you, you know, we, we're not allowed to do limited editions for clubs or we don't want to do things at the moment for the Middle East, or, you know, there are things sometimes that doesn't work. Um, But I try to keep pushing. So even those brands that say no, I always keep a kind of a line of communication (laughs) where I tell them, you know, once once you're ready, get back to us because we'd be (laughs) interested. Um, And ever since we just kind of build it up. Um, And they're not always, to be honest, when we first started, we wanted to mix it up. So we didn't want always to do like super high end uh, watches. Uh, luxury watches we also wanted to play around with more affordable ones like we did the zen you know the zen is a thousand uh thousand euros watch so it's it's not like crazy expensive Uh, we've done g-shocks but they're cool brands because you also they're nice names in the industry um you can do bigger pieces so you can do 50 60 pieces if you want Yeah. uh, yeah and you can be a bit more creative and create something interesting um and then now, I think uh, now we've reached it's been five years we've reached a point where we're kind of more focused uh so we have like specific brands we would love to collaborate with uh, specific models we're trying to be a bit more niche um, and much more limited, so maybe one piece a year or two maximum uh so that's like kind of the evolution of the club uh, cool. at the moment and and how many how many uh, people do you have in the club right now so we have like I call them the active members are around 40, really okay. active 40 members. And then there's, I call the extended family, the the club, there are about another hundred around. Um, cool. And they're, we're all like on the same mailing list. So I, whenever we have events, we include everyone. Whenever we have maybe a certain occasion, a trip or an addition, bigger addition, we try to include the bigger scope. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fluctuating.
0: And and you send you send like uh, so you have all the opinions of the of the active members to come in into the special editions.
1: Not really, no, because yeah. then it will become impossible yeah. to to do it. Uh, you basically we are a few guys that uh, kind of have a committee where we come up with the first uh, okay. draft and the main edition cool. ideas. Um, and then I kind of discussed that and I developed the whole idea. And then what we proposed to the club is almost a final cut where they could have minor changes, like maybe uh, the, the hands or the material, like things that could be small changes, but not the entire concept. Because it's impossible to please 40, 50 people at yeah. like the same It's just impossible. Yeah. So you try to do a nice direction that kind of fits everyone. Uh, and then some people would like it. Some people won't. They don't have to participate if they don't. It's it's not forced uh, on anyone. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, my favorite one, my of the special
0: editions you have done is the the one with HYT. Ah, so uh, yeah, it's, it's the one I, I really like because I like the brand. I like the concept around it. it's so cool um, yeah. with the fluid and everything. And um, I like the your version with the desert um, style yeah. color and and the blue fluid looks looks awesome.
1: That was a very tricky, it was a tricky project because, you know, like HYT is not very known in the Middle East at that time. Even when we did it, it was two years ago now. It wasn't the most popular independent in the Middle East. And also the price point is quite high on an HYT. So when we decided to do that project, I kind of took a leap of faith where I had three or four guys in the club that really liked the idea and we visited the manufacturers. So we, we were impressed by the, the work, how the liquid works, you know, how they kind of designed the whole thing. Um, and then uh, we said, okay, let's design something that could be very, uh, talk that talks to the, to the region. So the pattern that you see are, are two things. They are, um, they are inspired by the Damascus steel so you, mm-hmm. if you remember the Damascus teeth mm-hmm. patterns?: yeah, yeah. With, with the desert color, so this this beige sandy yeah. color is more of the desert, and then we had versions where it was a green uh, liquid or blue liquid, uh, two options, but then we all decided on the blue. it was more yeah. of a, it made more sense. yeah, um, and then we went on and we made eleven of them. I was surprised because honestly, I didn't expect to do eleven of that. Yeah. I thought we'd do five. Cool. Um, and even HYT were okay to do five at that time. We told them, look, like, don't expect a lot of people because it's not easy to to do that type of project. But when we got 11, we we're like, okay, sweet. <laughs> it worked. That's nice. nice yeah. And it's, it's really a very successful project, I have to say. Cool.
0: It's was, it was a fun one. Yeah, it, it really looks amazing. So congratulations on that.
1: And, and And do you always know how many pieces you're going to make No, so what happens is we start the project, uh, let's say we pick a model, um, and then I go and kind of design the the major steps with the brand, because I need to know also the limitations of the brands before even discussing it with everyone. So kind of, of, you just cut time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Because I come up with ideas, then the brand would be like, oh, we can't change the case material, for example, or I can't do the bezel, or Arabic numerals is out of the way, whatever they say. Um, So once we have a nice, clear rendering, then I involve the, the club members. We kind of share the, the, the renders confidentially, and we discuss, okay, how many people are interested in the project? We kind of know also the price point and what's the offer from the brand. And based on that, we have the numbers. So whatever whatever people subscribe to it, 15, 20, 30, whatever it is, that becomes the, the, the number of the edition. Cool. Sometimes it's... In, on, on high-end brands this is how it works on the more when it's the more uh, let's say affordable usually we sometimes we have restrictions like moqs so some brands will tell you like g-shock they were like well we need at least 50 you know um so if it's 50 you have to do 50 no matter what yeah. and then we find a way like okay who is interested who's not and we yeah we get it out of the way very cool very cool. I
0: I saw we had a couple of questions. There was one which is quite interesting. Are you more um, into modern or also into vintage uh, watches?
1: Uh, the moment, to be honest, I'm more into modern. Yeah, I I like uh, I like the current watchmaking industry. I like what they're doing. I like the innovation, um, the new movements they are coming up with. Um, so for the time being, I'm focusing on that. Of course. There are some pieces. There's some vintage pieces that would always be like holy grails, but again, they're very expensive to acquire, so I don't put them on my list <laughs> at the moment. Um, but I I like modern pieces a lot, to be honest. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a bit torn. So I, I'm a bit of both. I I have a I have a thing for specialties, um, and this most of the time these are very expensive. So right now it's also not not the thing i'm i'm looking into but um i i see where it goes and sometimes it's a vintage piece sometimes it's something modern it really depends i want to uh, as soon as i get a watch it has to connect to to an event or something yeah. an achievement basically and uh, so so the then, story so, behind it i mean exactly, there are always
1: yeah. nice stories behind the watches yeah this is one of the things but one of the things that i don't like about vintage to be honest is um like, I still have difficulty to trust the source. Mm. Um, you know, like how, if the dial has been remade or if the parts have been re-put together by trusted dealers. It's still, There are people that still play around, unfortunately, in that industry. Yeah. So I have difficulty, even if I buy it from an auction house, which is probably the only place I would seek any vintage pieces, um, I would still sometimes have my reservations just because you've seen a lot of errors that happened. I've heard a lot of stories also, and it kind of puts you like, okay, uh, you know, if I'm going to put that much money, I'd rather be, you know, in safe hands. And yeah. when you buy new, you know, the story it's just it's done, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's fresh. Nobody wore this watch. Nobody can tell you it's have, has it been polished or it has been or you know all these small details. And I feel more uh, uh, more confident about what I'm what I'm purchasing.
0: Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree,
0: and um, I I've been following you for quite some time, and and what I admired you doing is you you were one of the few collectors um, or watch enthusiasts that I was following maybe three or four or even five years ago that um, chose to change the straps on on the watches. Uh, yeah. this so it's a so must. Yeah. Do you do it often? Because I'm, I'm the same. I, I do it a lot.
1: practically all day. <laughs> I do it. I do it a lot. And to be honest, it's funny because uh, I, get, I get sometimes this comment from the brands, whenever I buy a new watch from them, from the boutique, and the next day they look me, they look at my picture and they're like, oh, you changed the strap already. And I tell them, look, I mean, most of the times, whenever you buy a new watch, most of the times, They're either coming on a black or brown uh, leather strap. Very simple, nothing wow about it. And um, for me, it's it's dull. It's a bit dull. I like colors. I like to play around. Um, I like to change the look of the watch. And that strap gives it an an entire new life. Um, And I always have either straps lined up. So in my drawer, I kind of switch them around. Or I tend to like buy the piece and then look at it, kind of design something new for it. Uh, but I love changing straps. It's, it's one of the nicest things in the whole, the whole yeah. accessory of, of watches. Um, Absolutely. And now, I don't know if you've noticed, but recently I've became a lot uh, crazy about Velcro for yeah. some reason. I've, I've so, seen a couple of pictures, yeah. Yeah, so I've, I've tried it one time on, on one of our editions and I felt so comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah, and then I I found that it's very easy to customize in terms of colors, but also in terms of what you can write on the Velcro. True, yeah. Uh, and I went and I just like started creating new colors every time: gray, blue, green, you know, black. <laughs> and I started putting them on all my watches, just testing, even if it doesn't fit. So I, you know, I, I kind of mixed a classical watch with a Velcro. So you know, putting a super sporty look on a very classical yeah. watch. But it's fun. And then if yeah. it doesn't work, I remove it, I put back something else. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah but this it's, is the cool, cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You have to funny.
0: experiment a little bit to see what you can do because the watch is like, like, like us. If, if we put on a suit or we put on, I don't know, if I put on a hat, I always look different and it's also a challenge because I like hats a lot. So okay. I, I always try to, to put a, a style together where, where it works and it's not too much. So, yeah. so I feel the same. I have this, um, my Rolex Milgaus. I have on a custom made paper oh, bracelet nice. that is, that is uh, colored with different kinds of That's pretty cool. It's, Was it, uh, is it hand painted or laser engraved? And so, I have a background. So, my family company is uh, producing straps for okay. a long, long time. Okay. And uh, we had this material made out of, uh, I think, recycled paper. And okay. um, one of the designers in our team said she wants to try something out. And I said, okay, if you want to try something out, try making something for the green uh, Milgaus. And then she came up with with the idea of putting in a, a little Game Boy and, and these things. So oh, it's a
1: very cool design.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah i like that it's
1: nice again it changes the whole feel of the watch totally yeah it's a a totally new watch yeah so that's 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 what i
0: really really enjoy doing so i i can feel you on that and and it's really nice to see what you can what you can create with the look of the watch and even if you have like like you just said with a classical watch you can try and expand um the horizon with with doing something, so, so that's so cool. I,
1: huh? I, I like colors a lot as well. I, I don't, I mean, brown and black are quite sometimes too simple for me. And yeah. Even if they are, I kind of need to, to incorporate any color into it. Um, so, I mean, if you've, if you've seen, like, I like to use orange, for example, straps, uh, sometimes yellow, like, I like sometimes to have this flashiness. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of break out of the norm, because you don't see that much in the industry. True. Um, a lot of the collectors are very classical. They're very conservative in the way they, yeah. they wear their watches. Yeah. And very few would, would design, you know, I've seen straps that have been designed by a combat strap or by gunny straps. And they have the drawings, you know, and like the yeah. bellucci style. I enjoy these as well. They're yeah. cool. It's, it's fun. Uh, and I think for fun watches, it's great to, to, uh, to play around with it as well, yeah. with, with the straps. Totally. I'll just answer the question. It's, it's a normal leather strap.
0: Monsieur Noon. And the upper is paper and the, the, the lining is uh, leather. Nice. And
1: uh, do you also use these uh, quick quick exchange push pins? If I can, sometimes yes, I yeah. do. Not all the time, but in some cases, yes. It, it I makes find it them much Very helpful. <laughs> yeah, it makes it much easier just to keep <laughs> it out. Uh, the only thing that annoys me sometimes is there are brands where it's impossible for you to. Customize unless you buy from them the colors. Um, So, for example, even uh, like the Cartier, uh, the Cartier Santos. I mean, I've always wanted to play with it, but it's just, it's impossible. Unless I have the Santos ones, I can't, I can't do anything with it. So I always have to rebuy the colors from them, but I can't go crazy with with the watch. uh, Unless I find a solution or like a clip. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's difficult. I see. It's also,
0: I mean, um, it, it's hard. If some, some, I, I'd say more and more brands are incorporating their own um, exchange mechanisms. Yeah. And um, as long as they still have the um, the holes in the lugs, I think you're good to go. Um, and but some have now these new systems that you really need the yeah, uh, pre-made yeah
1: attachments. Yeah. So, so I think I'm it's something. I mean, it's a smart move from them because they want to capitalize on that market. Of course. Yeah. I don't mind as long as they come up with nice trucks. If they yeah. Do. yeah. Uh, if, but if they don't, if they just do this and then lock you with the same you know, options, then that becomes annoying because you're kind of stuck with, with whatever they have to offer you. Totally out.
0: Hassan, you're still there? Can you still hear me? Let's see, us I, I I can't hear you right now. Maybe we we'll just wait a couple of seconds to see if the single signal comes back. Unfortunately, this happens sometimes. (laughs) Maybe, do you think you can join in again? Let's try that. Yeah. Just see if I can so we'll just we'll just see to to get Hassan back in I'm sorry for the technical issues trying to get them fixed so yeah it's a it's a cool conversation about the about the watch straps Um vintage watch silla. Vintage has the same precision as moderns if serviced correctly. That's actually true. Um, but it's hard to find hard to find the right pieces. So that's a bit difficult. Let's see if we can get him back in. Just wait and see if he can get back in. yeah so while we wait so same as hassan i i really enjoy um wearing colors yeah you but you need to find a good watchmaker though so also with that it's not always easy to find the right uh, um, watchmaker
1: let's see yay perfect Hey Buck. Yeah, I don't know There's why. A lot happens, of, uh, everyone is online today, yeah. so it's kind of hard to capture people's attention and get connected. It's just a lot happening. Everyone is is on uh, live. Yeah, <laughs> but but actually, it's
0: cool because I, I feel that um, it
1: hasn't been used a lot, and now it's being used too much. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. This is a bit. Uh, it's like an alternative we never uh, for me to be honest before this i've never done lives ever
0: yeah uh, me too. <laughs> it's
1: kind of new to me especially doing these new lives it's, yeah. it's quite new but i've done a few and it's quite interesting i think but the trick is also to find the right timing to capture people's uh, so they can view you and and when there isn't others uh you know other live sessions happening for me what's difficult also is that uh, you know because i cover people that speak english and arabic so sometimes, if you do it in English, people like prefer to to hear you in Arabic and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of have to please both ends yeah. sometimes. Uh, but I yeah, know it's it's anyways it's enjoyable. It's it's a good thing to do with the time we have at the moment. Exactly, and and I think it's a cool thing to connect with the community. So that is yeah. what
0: I really enjoy. Yeah?
1: And i see i've seen a lot of interviews happening all across you know it's fun yeah. because people from the us interviewing people in switzerland you know ceos and then everyone wherever they are uh, and the conversation is kind of flowing all over yeah uh, sure. so, it's, so it's, it's it's a pretty i think it's a nice tool that we discovered i'll probably still use that hopefully after this thing ends <laughs> yeah me too but yeah it's it's a cool thing yeah definitely
0: so, so we were talking a little bit about your passion for for changing the straps and colors, and I think you also not only with the straps, but you also have a um, a passion for
1: sports, right? Yes, definitely. It's a main. Uh, it's it's one of the major. Uh, uh, how do you say elements in my life? Sports and watches. Right? <laughs> and, and the good thing is they are, they've combined together. I kind of combine them together in a way where I was able to mingle with uh, every sports activity that I do, kind of couple it with the right brand or the partner brand uh, to create some kind of, you know, project or a discussion or uh, um, a journey uh, that could be built in both ways. Um, And it's quite, to be honest, it's quite one of the, let's say, um, most fun aspects of whatever I'm doing with social media or, Uh, you know, all that content creation that that I'm involved with. Very cool.
0: Very cool. And, um, so, you, you run a
1: lot, right? You do the ultra, um, ultra marathons. Marathons, right? This was the new, uh, the latest uh, to the, (laughs) uh, to the sports, let's say. Uh, I started, I actually started in reverse. I started doing ultra marathons before doing my first marathon. Okay. So it's kind of yeah, I kind of flipped it, and then I decided, oh, maybe let me do a few marathons, and then (laughs) kind of switch between. But uh, but the ultra trainings are quite nice. That's why Uh, they're they're more fun Um, because it's not a flat surface. So what you do is you're you're in the the trail, um, and you're running in mountains, and there's you know there's always like upward and downwards. It's much better landscape. It's much more fun. Especially if it's in Europe, I mean, in in Switzerland, running there is just fantastic. Uh, I've never I've never been to Austria, I think, but I heard that you have amazing landscape as well and yeah. the mountains. So it. definitely on <laughs> definitely on the list to run Very there. Cool. Very cool. Um, but uh, I was actually I was supposed to be going uh, to um, to Azores in Portugal uh, in mm-hmm. the week, yeah, uh, in April next week, but of course it got cancelled. That was a that was an interesting uh, race actually uh, that I was preparing for, but um, we'll see. Might do it in September if things get back to normal. So, what do you do now to to keep exercise or, or stay in training? I train at home and in my building, so I do a lot of stairs running. So this okay. is for the elevations and like for running. Yeah. Uh, so I either do thirty minutes, forty-five minutes up and down the stairs, just wow. as, as much as I can. And then I do most of the trainings uh, at home. So I do the normal you know, lunges, sit-ups, uh, push-ups, uh, things without weight, mm-hmm. just to keep moving, but on a longer period. So it's more of a repetition and longer reps. Okay. Um, and the good thing I'm lucky is I have the trainer. He's, he's, he's always following up because we're connected yeah. uh, to Training Peaks. There's an app, I don't know if you know it. Um, yeah. It's an app that connects you to your trainer. And yeah. he just logs in my training every day and what I need to do. And then with the watch, I rec- record the training so he can follow up. Cool. Um, and he knows if I did well or if I sucked at it or <laughs> whatever I did. Um, but it's, it's yeah, it's it's important to stay active because once this thing goes, uh, once, once it's over, I need to get back into ultras. Uh, yeah. uh, so I don't want to, like, stop doing anything and stay home and eat. Uh, yeah. i will become a disaster after. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, thanks for
0: for 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 doing this. Um, oh, wow, pleasure! It, it's it's been it's been a, a great pleasure of mine. Always wanted to to get to know you. I've tried maybe in Basel world. I I, I think I wrote you once, um, but unfortunately we missed each other. So
1: it's, it's yeah. Uh, Basel and the I are like running. Uh, it's so difficult to to do anything. It's like jumping around from one place to the other. Yeah, mostly, especially well, previous Basel words at least when I, when things were hectic there. And uh, I remember it's it's kind of impossible to to catch up with anyone until that, the end of the day, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. Thank you for the chat, actually. Yeah, you're fun. welcome. It's really welcome. It was nice to, to chat with you as well. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. Well, my
1: pleasure. So, it's
0: it's it's been a pleasure, and uh, maybe we can do this again sometime. Definitely.
1: Anytime. All right, cool. Thanks. Thank you for your for sharing your story. Thank you. And happy Easter. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.